our heart this evening and undergird them and lift their arms before you. Make known unto them the manifold wisdom of God as they are ministering and pouring out. May they be ultimately connected to you, the unlimited supply, that they not trust in their own strength and in their own wisdom, but they trust in you with all of their heart, with all of their soul, with all of their mind. I pray for our linked up family and those who may be going through seasons of despair, hurt, and trials. God, I know you are a good God. And you're surrounding them. You're covering them. And you love them. Father, we thank you for this service and all the people you brought here tonight. We're not going to leave here the same because we're going to have an experience with you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray and everyone says, amen, amen. amen. You all may be seated. I don't need it tonight. No. Appreciate that though, Lawrence. Tonight we are going to continue in Connect 40. Um, Pastor Gregory, uh, both pastors, uh, started Connected to Your Family on this Sunday. And I'm going to be continuing part two of Connected to Your Family. They talked about the family unit, the actual family unit, husband, wife, children. Tonight I'm going to focus more on our spiritual family and doing life together. Can you all tell me the four words that Linked Up Church is built upon? We are conne- we, our goal is to connect people to, connect people to, connect people to their, and connect people to the God, family, purpose, community. That's what we are all about. And tonight I want to take just a brief moment because we're going to break out and we're still going to have small group discussion this evening. But before we do... I want to take care of some housekeeping (laughs) things that we need to take care of as the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. I know you all love me by faith in Jesus name and that shall stay the same by the end of our time of discussion tonight. Honestly, people are tired of religion. People are tired of doing stuff just to do things. And in order for people to really buy in, they have to make a value based decision on how much value am I actually going to get out of this? You know, back in the day, people would just go to church to just go to church because nothing else to do, we might as well go to church. But because of conveniences and because of distance and because of various alternatives that are in front of people, the choice, the pull to not only go to church but to connect with the local body is not as strong as it once was. Isn't it ironic how in Hebrews chapter 10, it tells us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the day of the Lord approaches. But as the day of the Lord approaches, it's actually easier to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We can attend the church of the bed of St. Mattress. We can go ahead and pull up the usher pad and, and allow that usher pad to minister to us right in the comfort of our own home. Click a button and give online. And we had chats. And if that was the end of Christianity, and that was the end of our relationship, we really wouldn't have much to really live for in this life. Isn't it ironic that God's way is antithetical to culture and society? Because isn't it ironic that the way of the spirit is opposite of the way of the flesh? 
Your flesh wants to do the path of least resistance. So if you're ever in a a juxtaposition between should I do this or should I do that, most of the time you should do the thing your flesh doesn't want to do. Chances are that's the right thing. Amen. Tonight I want to deal with why people don't do church anymore. And once they do church and get connected, the hiccups that happen once we start doing life together. Amen. Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, we'll start reading at verse 32. I want you all to notice the words I'm reading because I'm not going to a lot of scriptures uh, tonight. I'm, I'm just going to get right to it and we'll get to the discussion. It says, now the multitude of those who believe were of one heart, interesting, and one soul. The one heart, we could simplify that too. They were all of the same faith. And ultimately, the only faith that there is, is Jesus Christ. See, when man got into Christianity, they made denominations. Denomination is another word for divisions. And every denomination started as a non-denomination. And what has happened is the more people got together in church, the more they began to create subgroups that alienated others from getting inside. Isn't it ironic how if someone chose to, let's just say, go to Red Lobster one time, and then chose to go to Papado's the next time, we wouldn't give, you know, that much of thought to what they did, right? But let somebody go to two different churches. When we're all family. Isn't it ironic the amount of things we fight about in church? When the only person that it's all about is Jesus and not the deacon board, not the usher board, not the pound cake committee, it's about Jesus. And what God is asking us to do and the mission of our church is we've got to break down all these silly lines that separate us. I'm going to say a tough statement, but it's true. But if I take a strong stance against a race that is hateful toward me to the point that I hate them, I then become a racist. So isn't it ironic that the main folk talking about other churches are just as guilty as the ones they're talking about? As long as someone names the name of Jesus Christ, that's your family. That's your brother. And that's your sister. But another thing about this church is that they were all one soul. Now, this is the tough part. So, yeah, we, we're all, we name the name of Jesus Christ, but being one soul actually requires work. Soul re- refers to a way of thinking. And guess what? None of us think the same. And get this, none of us process the same. 
And get this, we get mad at others because they don't think like us. And so what you have now inside of the church are people who are connected and don't talk to other church members. Who are we serving? Just because someone doesn't agree with you doesn't mean they're against you. And the fact that you're holding on to your way of thinking the way you're doing, you're telling everyone else you're insecure. And so we have to get to a point where we understand that our way doesn't always mean it's God's way. Even though we feel like God chose us. Did you know the entire composition of this world except for one minor exception, was composed of other people. Which means, I'm not telling you to think less of yourself. I'm saying think of yourself less. And so now when it comes to us being a part of the church, this group here was all of one heart, one soul, And so here's the huge part. And neither did anyone say that anything that he possessed was his own. But they had all things in common. Which means that they held everything loosely so that the family could get ahead. In our society, it even goes down to information. If no one else knows how to do what you do, why are you holding on to that? No one else, no one else, no one else, no one else is anointed. Why not? (laughs) And so if we're having schisms, we're fighting over small things that don't amount to anything. Who are we really hurting? When you're focused on kingdom, petty stuff don't bother you. Just don't have time. Can you believe the way I laid the lap cloth was with my left hand? She laid it with the right hand. Are you kidding me? I'm using a loose example, but that's how petty it gets. And I can talk to this group because this group is the core. And you all will be in various places of leadership if you're not already. And people are going to look to you for how you treat those you work with. What are you saying about those you work with? I've learned a quick lesson. Romans 2.1 bears it out. The very thing I say about somebody else is the very thing that I'm guilty of because I don't notice it in you if it's not already in me. So when people talk, I'm like, wow, is that what you're dealing with? Let me close with this because I'm feeling a love rush coming toward me right now. (laughs) Acts chapter 2, connected to family. Not only do we have to connect to each other in this setting, but we have to actually be open to connecting with each other outside of this setting because that's where transformational change takes place.
Check this out. In their society, Acts chapter 2, verses 46 and 47. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, they were in the church and breaking bread from house to house. They were in a small group. They ate the food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Underline simplicity of heart. That's something I want you all to look at. Living a simple life. Praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So when it comes to church attendance, church participation, and then taking it the next step and actually doing life with people, what they had in that time was the simplicity of heart, but in our time, things have got a little complicated. Now, I don't know about you all, but I actually brought a representation of what the side of my bed looks like, all right? It's nothing X-rated, but, you know, I got something for y'all to see. But the side of my bed looks like this. You all see, I have two phones. I got two phones, right? Every night before I go to bed, I make sure that both of my phones are charged. Because the next day, I'm going to use both of these in my daily walk of life. It's an indication that I've gotten a little busy. But I'm not the only one, so don't look at me with your righteous eyes right now. Could we all say we've gotten a little busy? And that there are times that when the church doors are open and you hear the calls to live out your dreams and connect with others, you say, ain't, ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> well, what I noticed and had an opportunity to step back and to see is that there was a substantial difference between those who connected and those who just spectated. Those who connected, their lives increased. Their lives came to another level. God began to really show himself strong on their behalf because when you give of your time, you see, you can get money back, you can get clothes back, you can get material possessions back, but you can't give your time back. And not when you just are grudgingly giving your time, but I'm talking about when you're joyfully giving your time, you are actually sowing that into the kingdom. And so God is not an unrighteous God that he's going to take time from you without giving you something back. But what God does is by you saying, God, you can do better with these two hours than I can. So I'm going to give this to you on this week. God then multiplies your seed sown back to you. But, but what happens is that the people that don't get connected, they say, I'm just busy. I got so much going on. I got so much to do. I got this meeting, that meeting, and something big around here now is networking. I got this networking event. I got that, this networking event. But, but the thing is, it seems like nothing is happening. And there was one night that I woke up and I looked at both of my phones and they had no power. But the setting was set up. There was nothing else in here. So I, I tried to, you know, move it around and still to no avail. And I tried to move this around to still to no avail. And I tried to move that around to no avail. And, and, and haven't you been there where you've been so busy, you just tried to shuffle the business along. Instead of doing stuff on Thursday, you just made Friday the big to-do day. And you just moved busyness without actually taking a look and seeing what the problem really was. What I realized was the reason why my phone's were not being charged even though they were connected is because my phones were connected to a source that had no power. So anytime you try to connect to things and to people and to circumstances in your own education, 
even though you might be busy trying to go here, trying to go there, trying to do this and trying to do that and not going anywhere. It's because you're connected to things that have no power. But when you come into the house of God and you connect and you say, God, where do you want me to live out my dreams? Where can I be an impact to someone else's life? He will then take you to places that your eyes have never seen and your ears have never heard. So the moral of the story, stop wasting your time with things that don't pour life into you. You're wondering why you're always going off because you ain't had a charge. And it's when you come into the assembly and assembling of ourselves together. You see, we're we not just singing some songs up here. I'm, 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 I'm. I'm tired. I am, I am so tired of seeing lackadaisical praise and worship. Ain't God been good to anybody in here? We're singing about his love for us and it doesn't stir you. We're singing about how we'll trust him and it doesn't move you. But you got to think about how good God has been to you. And that begins to motivate you. That begins to move you. And those words are not words, but it's revelation that you're singing to God. Man, why, why, why would I come somewhere and everybody looks bored? Why? But when each of us bring our supply of the anointing, and you might feel tired, I get it. You might feel wore out, but you're not moved by what you feel. You're not moved by what you see. You are rooted in God's love for you, and that's what pushes you forward. When you are convinced of God's love and this kingdom that we get the privilege. Look, God don't need you. He don't. He don't. He made the whole world without. He don't. He don't need now one of them. He don't need us. He don't. He not waiting in heaven like I need like five more volunteers. He don't need us. But we get the privilege and the opportunity to partner with the creator of the universe in changing another person's life. How can we pass that up? 